welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. I'm also excited because um, five years ago when I was just hanging out in California, man, I had a chance to, to go through the licensing process with Foursquare. And I think it was at that point I began to grow up a little bit and understand uh, the call that I believe God put in my heart, and that was to pastor. And so for the last five years, I've been able to serve in different churches as an assistant pastor or here as an assistant to the regional pastor. And I've tried to really kind of say, okay, God, what does it mean to pastor? What does that mean? And so I've been on a journey myself, like all of us, for the last five years as I've been a pastor. And I could show you the license, but you don't need a card. You don't have to be a card-carrying member to actually be a pastor or to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's how we do it at Foursquare, because Foursquare has said, we know he's not a Yahoo or a crazy, as far as what he preaches. <laughs> Every other aspect, I think uh, you guys know I like to be a bit of a Yahoo and a crazy. But I'm excited this morning because this is my first opportunity to bring the word to you this morning. It's my first opportunity to to speak to you from the Word of God. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that what we've tried to do in this little mini-series is talk about the cause, being committed to the cause. And just a few short weeks ago, we were exploring and discussing what is that, what is that cause that we're talking about. And that is simply, simply, uh, to glorify God. And then last week, if you remember, not so much here in Manchester because we were on a different path, but Mark did try to touch on uh, week two. What is God's part in that? What is God's part in being committed to the cause, which is to glorify him? And it's worth repeating that he gives us his word and his physical word, and Jesus prays for us. And there's a scripture that says that Jesus is always contending for us, always interceding for us. So... Christ himself prays for us, which we're going to look at today in John 17. And then finally, the the last thing we talked about that's God's part is that he keeps us. We read about that this morning. We heard a word about that this morning, that the Lord does not fail us and he never leaves us. And that's what it is to keep us. We could use the word protect, and I was explaining this to my children. If you've been a believer for any, any length of time, you know that when we say that God protects you, it doesn't mean he no bad thing happens to you. You just go through your Christian life and it's, you know, rainbows and lollipops and there's no bad things. We know that that's not the truth. But we know that when the Lord keeps us, he protects our hearts, he protects our minds, and he guards us, as we'll see in John 17, from the evil one. And that's what it means for the Lord to keep us. Now, I'm excited this morning because I am going to, for the first time in my life, do my best to preach the message that I feel God has put in my heart without using a lot of notes. I have some highlights here, but I am going to try not to look at them because I was really excited and jumping around in my bedroom as I was preparing for this and practicing this. But what I would like to do is begin, before I jump right into the Word, is just start with a prayer and just start with prayer if you guys are okay with that. And I asked uh, Sophia Jeans if she wouldn't mind leading us in a prayer this morning. Nothing like having someone approach you on the spot and say, Hey, you know, in about five minutes, would you mind just doing this? (laughs) 
Dear God, I pray that um, whatever Kevin has to say today, that it would just hit home in every one of us and that it would strike something in us and that you would just bless him as he speaks and as he shares that uh, these words would make a difference in people's lives and that we would be able to see what you want to show us today. And I thank you for this awesome day that we have. Amen. Amen. Frank, I don't know if you want to just mute this because I'm too fancy for me. If you have your Bibles, if you want to go to John 17 or you have your digital Bibles, your analog Bibles, if you want to go to John 17, Now, as I began, I know what the theme, if you will, is for today. And as I began to kind of explore this and just look through the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today, the Lord began to just download on me and just share a bunch of things with me that I want to hopefully communicate to you this morning. So we're in this series, Committed to the Cause. The cause is to glorify God. And God's part we've talked about. He gives us His Word. He prays for us and He keeps us. So this week we're asking the question, and I want you to hang on to this question the whole time I'm preaching. What is our part? So first it was defining the cause, that is to glorify God. Last week, what is God's part? And then this week we're going to be talking about what is our part in this cause that we're talking about, to glorify God. If I just wrote that question down and said, what is our part, and, and we attached John 17 to that, and I sent you home with that, that, I believe, would be enough for us to take that question, take that scripture, read through it, and we could figure out what our part is. Now, if you go to verse 10, I'm going to start in verse 10, but really I want to highlight a number of things in John 17, but we're going to start in verse 10 and 11. All I have is yours. This is Jesus speaking. I know that because my letters are red. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and the glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that while they may be one, so that they, excuse me, they may be one as we are one. And if you want to go down to verse 20, we're going to read 20 to 26 there. This is the heading that says, Jesus prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone, not for just the disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I may, myself may be in them. Thank you, Lord. There are three things I want to point out today from our scriptures. The first one, this isn't something new. This isn't, I'm just going to say this word. Our, the first thing that is our part in this cause to glorify God is glorifying God in unity. Now, all of us have heard that word before. We under, understand the concept of 
unity. We get it. We've heard that all the time. Yes, of course, I and you and you and me, we're all one. But what I, when I came across that, and it was, okay, glorifying God in unity. The unity of the believers is our part. I began to ask myself, well, what is that? What is, what is biblical unity? What does that look like? So rather than just say the word and let you figure that out, what is biblical unity? Well, as I began to meditate on that, and I'll just say Christian meditation is not the world meditation. The world, when you meditate, you empty your mind. When you meditate as a Christian, you're meditating on something. You're filling your mind with the absolute truth, the Word of God. And so when we meditate on it, it's just pouring over that scripture, pouring over it, asking the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal something to you. So when we're talking about committed to the cause, our part is to glorify God in unity. Biblical unity is, you think about the Father and the Son. Biblical unity, same mind, same heart, same direction, same purpose. There are multiple, multiple ways that Jesus puts that right in there. So, biblical unity is you and me, I and you, and we're moving in the same direction, the same purpose, the same heart. Now, if, if I can direct you to verse 22, if you would. I'm going to read that again. Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. What glory? What glory is Jesus talking about there where he says, I have given them the glory you gave me? Well, if you go to the beginning of, verse 17, or the beginning of chapter 17, excuse me, I'm just going to read this, verse 1 through 5. Jesus says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus is saying that God has given us the glory. Jesus is saying that he is giving us the glory that the Father gave him. And in verse 4, Jesus tells us what that is. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, the interesting thing is, again, that word glory. I'm like, well, what does that mean, glory? What does that word mean when Jesus says, I have given you glory? Well, think about the word glory. What is it to bring glory to God? What is it when Jesus says, the glory you have given me, I'm giving to them? Glory is to highlight, to uh, make a point of, to set apart, to draw attention to. So Jesus, his mission was to draw attention to the Father. He even says in here that his mission, his purpose was to make the Father known. So when we're thinking about bringing glory to God, Scripture also says that the glory of a woman is her hair. And how cool is that? I think women look awesome with their hair. You know, if none of you had hair, well, you look like some of us guys. (laughs) The older some of us get. So glory, the purpose of glory is to highlight, to draw attention to, to make known, to set apart, to be separate. So Jesus is saying that, again, our part in this, in glorifying God in unity with the glory that he had that he's giving us to draw attention to the Father is through our unity. Through our one heart, our one purpose, our one mind, our moving together in the same direction. Let's check my notes here. (laughs) And Jesus tells us why that's important. 
in verse 22. I have given them the glories that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. So the reason why we get Jesus' glory, which is to complete the work the Father gives us, which is to make the Father known, is so that we may be one as he is one. See how this is all working together? God sets us apart by giving us eternal life the way he said it, which is to know the Father and to know the one he sent who is Christ. And when we come to that place of eternal life, then we are given the glory of Christ, which is to complete the work the Father gives us in order to make the Father known. And when we make the Father known, we get glory for ourselves. Not to be arrogant or be like, look at me how great I am, but to complete the work the Father gave us. And when we do that and we move in unity, then we are fulfilling and we are committed to the cause of Christ. And that is the first thing that is our part. Now, part two, if you look at verse six with me in John, I'm just going to read some of these phrases that you'll see, but in verse six, Jesus says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. If you read through John 17, you'll see that Jesus says, they were yours, you gave them to me. Verse 7, he says, everything you have given me comes from you. And then Jesus says, I gave them, the disciples, your words, the words you gave me. Jesus says, I come from you and you sent me. And he says later on, those you have given me, for they are yours. You and I, you are in me and I am in you. All these words, all these descriptive things that Jesus is saying, I and you, you and me. He's saying, they were yours, but you gave them to me. You gave me this word, but I gave it to them. And now those you've given me, they're now yours. Jesus is referring to the type of relationship that exists in unity. He's talking about, it's a sharing word. All I have is now yours. Those that you've given me, I now give them to you. It's a passing on. It's not a holding on to. It's a passing on. It's a sharing word. It's a togetherness word. It's a belonging. So the second thing, our part in this quest or in this cause to glorify God is glorifying God in our in community. And you can look at the word community and see that the word unity is in community. It's a common unity. But it's more than that, isn't it? We love community here. We love community at Grace Capital Church as much as a lot of other churches. But community is vitally, vitally important. Unity tells us where we're going. We're pursuing the same mission, the same heart, the same mind. We, ha- we are one in Christ. We are on the same level with God because he's the one who gives the orders, right? Not orders like do what I say, but he's the one who says, this is what I've purposed you for or repurposed you for. You know, I just have to say, Just a tiny little rabbit trail since we're coming up on Easter. (laughs) Now I've got egg on my face. Uh, How about eggs? (laughs) Is that when I stand in the presence of the Lord and I am worshiping with his saints no matter where, and just the words that are being shared, the songs, we try to be clever sometimes, but then God says, hey, I like your cleverness. That's creativity. But then he out-clevers us. And when I stand in his church and the songs, just the words that are being shared, when they all seem to fit together, that's not by accident. That's because God is doing something in our midst, as has been prophesied and told us today that God wanted to do something in our midst. So 
when I arrive at this point, I'm just thinking about all the songs that we sang about, uh, about God never leaving us and how I'm just like, oh, that kind of sounds like what I'm going to say today. How wonderful and awesome is that? And that God really is about his people and about doing something in our midst. So our part in this cause to glorify God, to bring glory to God, to highlight God, to draw attention to him, to make him known. The second thing is glorifying God in community because God is community. I and you, you and me, so that they may be in us as well. He's talking about us. The Father and the Son are one, and they are I and you, you and me, and he's saying that they, we, his disciples, may be also. He also says of his disciples, I want them to be where I am. That's community. I want them to be where I am so they can see what? So they can see the glory that you have given me and was there before the creation of the world. We know that three of them, now, the glory of the Son was to complete the work that the Father gave him. So us, how do we? We're in unity, and we are together in our community. Well, what does that look like? I could spend all day talking about what unity is, what it isn't, what community is, what community isn't. But what community is, is it's all of us moving in the same direction, same heart, same purpose, same goal, to glorify God in our togetherness, in our being together. Sunday mornings are awesome, and I am having a great time this morning, but I don't get to do this every week. So if I don't get to do this every week, does that mean, oh, well, you know. No, absolutely not. That's not how it works. We love community at Grace Capital, and what we love about community is being together. Right? How many of you are in a life group? We love life groups here at Grace Capital, not because we're clever and because, well, it's because that is where real community can happen. When you're involved in a life group, as anybody who is can tell you, you get a chance to really get to know people on a deeper level than you would on a Sunday morning. I try to say as hi to as many people as I can on a Sunday morning, make a bunch of jokes to people, but I can't talk to everybody and I can't get to know everybody on a Sunday morning. It's not really the purpose of our Sunday morning. But when you commit to be in unity with brothers and sisters in Christ and you commit to being in community, God does amazing things in community, doesn't he? Whether it's a life group where you're going through the message, maybe not this week, and you're breaking it down and discussing it, or if you're in a prayer life group or if you're in a journaling life group, the point is, is that in closeness with one another, God does amazing things because you, and we'll look at a scripture later that will uh, highlight what I'm talking about. The other way that in community we can bring glory to God is by using our gifts. I have the privilege and the honor of serving as, serving as one of the leaders in the youth group. And as I was preparing yesterday, I thought of Sophia. And I know that she is a prayer. She's one who prays. <laughs> and that she likes to pray. And she has a heart to pray. She understands the value. <laughs> My allergies. <laughs> She understands the value of prayer. And when I see that in a young person, doesn't matter, I should say when I see that in anybody, but particularly in Sophia, I was like, you know, I'm going to ask her if she'll pray. Using her gifts, the worship team, every week they gather and they lead us in worship. I was sharing with my kids on the way to church today and that right now in heaven, right now as we're sitting here, there are angels who are worshiping the Lord. That's all that they do. That is their glory, to worship the glory. That is God. So as they do what they have been asked to do, 
they receive glory because they are glorifying the Father. So our awesome worship team, the servants that we have that serve in the cafe, that, which is good coffee, by the way, that serve in the info hub, that do the setup, that do the greeting, that do all that stuff, that is glorifying God in our community because we are sharing the gifts that he gave us. He's the gift giver. We talked about that a, a little bit ago in the Veritas series, that God's the giver of the gifts. If you don't know your gifts... How are you going to glorify the Father? And this isn't, you know, a condemnation or anything like that. It's nothing like that, but it's you're missing out. You're not taking, and I'll explain why you're missing out in a second. Which I'll take this second to appeal to us. I won't, I don't want to draw attention to the transition we're in every week. But I will say this, that there has been, obviously there's been a transition the last couple weeks. And there are people who won't be attending here anymore. And we need everyone to share the burden of what we do on a Sunday morning. It's not a burden. I shouldn't even say that. But we need everyone to share the work that is to be done. Because again, it's about glorifying the Father. But there are empty spaces. So if you're not currently serving, I will just appeal to you, please, find a place you can serve. Find a place if it's uh, at InfoHub if it's at the cafe, if it's the worship team, if it's greeting, setup, whatever it is, find a place to plug in, not just because, oh, oh, we need you, but because that is how you bring glory to God. And it says again in verse 4, I brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. The reason we serve, the reason we use our gifts is because God has given us that work. And when you do what God has purposed for you or repurposed for you to do, you're bringing glory to him. Now, it bears mentioning that you, we could be in unity. You could come and we could share the same heart, the same mind, the same uh, vision, the same goal, and be moving in the same direction. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we're in community. Or the other way around. You could spend a lot of time in community and life group with other people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in unity with each other, with uh, just here at, at, you know, this is where we attend. This is where God has placed us at Grace Capital. Unity, com <laughs> I wanted to use this fancy King James word, unity begets community. When we are in unity together, it's going to give birth to it, community. And when we're in true community with one another, it is a reflection of our unity. Now, lastly, I wanted to highlight the, the third thing. And I'll go back to verse uh, 1 through 5. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have, you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. The third part of our part, as we're, according to this section right here, according to this passage of Scripture, is we glorify God in our obedience. Jesus said right there, I've said it a bunch of times already, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus didn't get the glory until he completed the work that he was given to do. And if you want to turn there, you can. But in Philippians chapter 2, which is one of my absolute favoritists, I'm just going to read this real quick. 
glorifying God in our obedience, completing the work he gave us to do. Chapter 2 of Philippians says this. Paul says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, doing, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that, <clears throat> that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is important that we understand that the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who saved every single one of us, who in this room, if you say, yes, I know the Lord, it's important not to miss the fact that the reason Jesus was given this glory right here was because he completed the work, which is to die upon the cross so that his name was exalted above every other name because he was obedient to the Father. That's why us figuring out what our gifts are, being in unity, being community are so vitally important. Not so we get glory for ourselves, but so that we can be like the Savior. Because he said, the glory that I had, I give to them. And the glory that we get is to complete the work of, of Christ, to complete the work that we've been given to do. And Jesus, again, was only glorified because he completed the work. And the reason why... In verse 20, Jesus says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that for those who will believe. Jesus is saying that our unity, may they be one and may they be together as we are, so that the world may know. Because again, the, uh, Jesus... His cause, the cause of Christ, to glorify God. If you look at that word glorify again, to make the Father known. The reason Jesus makes the Father known is so that we might know him and have eternal life. It's cyclical. As the Father is made known, as people come to know him, they receive eternal life because they believe in the one he sent, who is Christ. And when people who believe in the one he sent, who's, he sent the Father sent, who is Christ become saved, they receive eternal life, and they move in unity and community together, they begin to be obedient to the Father. They begin to work out what it is that God has prepared for them to do. And as we do that, we bring glory to the Father. And I'll end with this. Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day, again, that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a, on a, a colt, on a, <laughs> the foal of a donkey. 
And there were the people as he came into the city. They were lying the palms down on the ground for him to walk on, waving them, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And there was, they were in unity, weren't they? They were all worshiping the, the, the Lord Jesus. They were all, yeah, okay, yeah, Hosanna, Hosanna. But we know that a few short days later, these same people who were worshiping the Lord at this moment were the ones who were crying out for his crucifixion because their unity was their own agenda. They had their own idea in mind, not God's idea. And in Acts chapter 2, you see the exact opposite of this. The scripture says that when the disciples, when the church was first born, these disciples, after Pentecost has came, the Holy Spirit's been given. It says that they were, they ate together, they broke bread together in each other's homes with glad and sincere hearts. And here's the payoff. And many were being added to their number. That daily people were being saved and added to their number. Why? Because they were in unity and they were in community. And as a result of that, because of their obedience, people came to know the Father. What I'd like to do, and I was contemplating this because I don't want to force anything. I don't want to create anything that isn't there because that's not God. But what I'd like to do is just allow, I think it's so awesome and important to allow God just to work in our hearts and in our lives. So this is completely up to you, but what I'd like to do is just allow the worship team to play a song this morning as we close out. I'll pray and allow them to close out, but maybe take a second as we do and ask yourself, what is my part? Am I in unity? Am I in community? Am I being obedient to the Father? If there's anything on your heart that you feel like you want to come to this area up here and have received prayer for, absolutely come and ask. If you don't want to be prayed for and you just want to come have a moment with God, feel free to do that as well. Again, I am not into coercing people. Obedience is not coercion. That doesn't accomplish anything. But I feel like the Lord gives us worship. We heard the song today to remind my soul. The reason why worship is so powerful and so amazing and exciting sometimes is because God does a work when we worship him. So as I pray and you feel led, you don't have to, you're dismissed after that. But if you feel led, please come receive ministry. We'll have those uh, leaders and pastors, elders who want to pray with you if you have anything in your heart you want to. Because I believe that moving forward, it's going to be important for us to understand that we're here. The cause of Christ is to glorify God of which we are a part. And as we glorify God together in unity and community and in our obedience, God desires to do amazing things in his church, even this day, because he wants to make himself known, not to pat himself on the back, but so that the world will know that Jesus was sent. Father, thank you and praise you that regardless of the challenges you faced, Lord Jesus, you were sent. You took on the very nature of a servant. That word servant means slave. You took on the very nature of a slave, of a servant, and humbled yourself to become like one of us. Not to say ha-ha or anything like that, but to say to go through what we could go through. Hebrews says 
that we do not have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one Christ who suffered everything we could possibly suffer and yet was without sin. So he can sympathize with where you are. But it's his desire that in order to bring true glory to the Lord, we have to be together. We have to be one heart. We have to be one mind. We have to be of one purpose, one goal. And that goal is to glorify him. And we have to be together. We have to be in close proximity to one another, hanging out with each other, whether it's food or it's fellowship. And together we have to be obedient to the Father. Lord, help us to take up your cause, which is to glorify you. And the awesomest part about that is that you give us glory when we give you glory. I have no doubt that someday as we complete the work you've given us to do, that you in heaven will highlight us. You will draw attention to us. You will point us out. Lord Jesus, help us to bring honor and glory to that name that is above all names. Lord, let our heart going forward be like the apostles, the disciples who loved you, carried on the work that you gave him. Not like the crowd, God, who was in it for a bit, and that was it. They were in it for what they could get out of it. And they missed you. Lord Jesus, we don't want to miss you. And we ask you to have your way in our hearts and lives today. We want to honor you, and we definitely want to glorify you. And thank you for choosing to use us. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.